Hello, everybody, and welcome to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Happy New Year. I am Sean Patrick Volley, and with me, as always, is Joe Morelli, the head basketball beat writer for the for Game Time CT, Hearst Connecticut Media Group, and all that good stuff, and he also runs a lot of our high school stuff. So. But this is his little corner every week, and coming up on the show, we're going to have the sports doctor uh, from the day of New London's uh, game day. Uh, I'm talking a little bit of ECC uh and the, all the goings on up there. And uh, anyway, what's going on, Joe? Good morning, Happy New Year, Sean. Yeah, I, I, I had talked to Keith during and see when he wanted to come on, and not know having an idea that after Waterford won the uh, Artie Coast Class that they might hop in the top ten and in, in East Lime as well, despite the opening loss to uh, Northern West Haven. But I'll be honest, I didn't think the ECC would be as good even with Deb. But obviously, Waterford is right there again, and. Uh, and I'm sure part of our conversation will be about the, that game in a couple of weeks on the 18th when Water, Water visits East Lyme. Um, but that again, the ECC is back where it was, and uh, as the Mike Demore of the New London Day reported uh, earlier this week, the ECC tournament final will be at the Mohegan Sun Arena, so that should be interesting. Yeah, that should be really interesting. I, you know, I, I don't know how I quite feel about that. Um, you know, I thought Mohegan Sun was the destination, not the, the, the way on the stepping stone on the way there. But hey, listen, uh, the ECC last year, I mean, I had a kind of a front, we all we both had a front row seat with it. Uh, with the, uh, I had, you went to the tournament final? I went to the tournament I final. I went to the and regular I, season game when Eastline won at Waterford. Well, my, yeah. I mean, obviously, Mikey Buscetto, uh and Waterford, they were the big story out there. And, sure. And it was, uh, you know, and I went out and covered the games. I went out and cut I me. Mean, he was tweeting at us, Mikey. He, he kind of dragged us in and got us involved in this wild roller coaster ride and the rivalry between them and East Lime and Devastrowski. Now that Mikey's gone, now it's kind of Dev's show, and Dev's kind of shown out already. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's good. I mean, that's good. I, I'm glad, you know, I. I it was just such a magical season, and I think we're at least getting at least part two of it, you know, like a second. You know, Mikey's gone. We still got Dev over there in ECC, and it's really interesting to see what's been, what's going on there. And we'll have uh, the sports doctor on to talk about it. And uh, as for uh, the new year, I mean, we're going to do a little bit of a short show because uh, there's not a heck of a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the conference play, you know, the regular s- schedule, you know, back to normal here. Joe, what do we got for the top ten? Yeah, well, the top three, I think, are the best three teams in the state, Sacred Heart, East Catholic, and Windsor. But Sacred Heart and Windsor lost to out-of-state teams. To me, I shouldn't really factor in, but it did. With East Catholic being undefeated, Sacred Heart's lead over East Catholic is just two points in the poll. That could easily change with a win or a loss or a close win. Um, I mean, Sacred Heart had its troubles with St. Paul and had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to win. So people may take that into account. Uh, East is playing an undefeated Manchester tonight. Should be a very interesting game for them. And Windsor um, had to come from behind to beat East Hartford on Wednesday, and they're they're, they're legit. As those are the top three. Basic, I think, is four. I know they're four. Excuse me. I think they're the, they're in the right spot, uh, playing again a non-conference schedule because they're not in the league. They buried Middletown, doubled them up, 82-41. That's their only game of the week. They'll stay right where they are unless somebody loses ahead of them. And Notre Dame West Haven has Fairfield Prep tonight, their only game of the week. They're number five. Um, and followed by Trumbull. And who does Trumbull go to play on Thursday? Excuse me, on Saturday? Waterford. So that should be an interesting matchup. And Trumbull's mm-hmm. coming off a uh, 
a buzzer-beating performance by Tim, Timon Williams last night as they beat Richfield, another very good team out of the FC. I can, could very well have been an FCAC tournament final preview, Trumbull and, and uh, Richfield. Um, number eight this week is East Hartford. Again, we'll see how what happens to them. Although that shouldn't affect them losing to Windsor. I mean, Windsor is ranked ahead of them. Number nine was East Lyme. Again, a, te- a team we will talk about with the sports doctor Keith O'Brien. And number 10, despite losing its first game in decisive fashion, Hill House is back in the top 10. Actually, it's back from last season in the top 10. <laughs> um, and they just came off a demolition of Wilbur Cross 80-54, to and they got Cheshire tonight. So that's your top 10. Uh, not famous enough, as they like to say. Hamden at 11, Richfield at 12, and I believe it's Manchester at 13, who can move into the top 10 if they beat East. Uh, it's a game I think is a dangerous game for East Catholic. Chances are they're able to win. Obviously, um, East Catholic was number one all of last year until the last game they played when double overtime lost to uh, Windsor Wick we've discussed. So, as uh, Sean Bowley indicated, we'll be back more on a regular schedule in the conference play. You'll get your occasional non-conference game, like I said, with uh, Waterford and Trumbull on Saturday. And uh, now we get now that Christmas is over, we get to see – Who's really good? And, and again, I think you get to see a little bit more stability rather than teams dropping in and out. As a great Gordon Gecko said, Christmas is over and business is business. Right. <laughs> right. So um, any anything so all right, we're getting into the, the you know, the meat of the the 2018-2019 season. Um, I think we'll have more to say the next time we uh, we meet here for the courtside podcast with Joe Morelli, but uh I think a lot of teams are playing one game this week because of the holiday schedule, because you had the three days off at the beginning of the week. Um, you know, Notre Dame of Fairfield, I mean, they're 3-3 three and three with Colby Cathedral tonight. Colby Cathedral, 2-4. and four. You got some teams that are, 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 are struggling, and those two teams in particular. And um, there are some teams who aren't even ranked that are just off the rough start. So, again, we'll, again, see more right. stability as we go on and uh, get a better feel for what it is. But I think the top five are the top five. And Trumbull and and so on, right behind him. Isn't Sacred Heart playing Crosby soon? Yes, tonight. Sorry, that's that's yeah. And, and again, and it's a team that's struggling. Crosby loses the Waterbury career. They allowed ninety five points. In fact, I was reading in uh, another publication that they practiced defense for two days <laughs> to get ready for Torrington, who's actually having a decent year, and they beat them. So I think it was seventy seven, seventy two. Um, and I know I talked about Trumbull and and and, and call it. Um, Richfield, I mean Fairfield Ward comes off that Christmas tournament win against uh, Ludlow again a, a final that probably nobody expected to have with Ludlow and uh, Ward versus instead of Prep and Notre Dame Fairfield. So um, again, we'll we'll see. Again, I'm interested to see how uh, Sacred Heart reacts. I'm sure they'll be fine against Crosby. I think uh, they had a couple of wake up calls with the loss and with a close win against St. Paul. I think they'll be fine. Hillhouse. You were at that game. I I think. I think East is just better than there. I think the, when yeah. I say the top three teams are the top three teams, that's what I believe. Yeah. So I think with Hillhouse, they are young and they will get better as we go. Um, they play at Windsor. They play at Bassick next week. So, Bassick just lost to Hamden last night, right? No, it was Harding. Oh, it was Harding. That was Harding. Yeah, Bassick beat Hamden earlier in the year. Okay, so, right, right, right. Uh, I think. Hill House is okay, and they will get better as we go. They're young. No excuse. I mean, I'm not sure if they're a top-10 team. I voted them 12th myself, but um, 
I'm not sure how strong the SEC yeah, is who's outside of Hammond and Notre Dame. I think Hammond and Notre Dame, who they play both, who I think right. they both play. I, I know they play Notre Dame. I'm, I'm pretty sure they play Hamden. I just don't have the schedule in front of me. But um, right. I think Hill House, again, I think Hill House cross are right there. And I think, again, career is off to an 0-3 start. So um, I, I, we'll see. Like I said, Danbury's three was four, is 4-2, four and two and, and Weaver is 4-1. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think – I mean, and I'm interested to see in Newtown, and again, we're talking about other teams, the SWC, who we don't talk about much in the show, who had three state champions. We talk about Colby and how they struggle. Right. How about Brookfield and Newtown are undefeated? Yeah. I mean, Newtown b- beat the heck out of hand the other night. So maybe those teams get a little bit of love and move up in the poll, and people start to recognize them. All right. Well, this is the uh, this episode is the we'll see episode because yeah, we're just getting we'll started. See, we'll see about the ACC. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go to break, and we'll come right back with uh, sports doctor Keith. O'Brien. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season and sign up for the Whistle newsletter to get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from Game Time CT. Joining us on the podcast now is the sports doctor. That'll be Keith O'Brien from Gay Day, Game Day Connecticut Sports in the Day of New London. How you doing, Keith? Welcome to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Uh, Sean, Joe, uh, guys, happy new year to both of you guys. And uh, right in the middle of uh, high school basketball season. Well, first of all, Keith, thank you for joining us on a, on a Friday here. Um, and obviously, new voter to the poll, so welcome. Uh, ho- but before we get into basketball, I want to know on your little jaunt to the Citrus Bowl, did you have a good time and did you break 90 on Arnold Palmer's course at Bay Hill? Uh, Joe, that's a great Joe. First of all, thanks for asking. Uh, I had a chance to go away for the holiday for New Year's, and and like you said, went to a college football bowl game, uh, New Year's Day game. Saw Kentucky play Penn State. Watched most of the game from the five yard line yes. on the Kentucky sidelines, and what an experience! First of all, sixty five thousand people in the stadium. Half of it white for Penn State, right. and half of it blue grass blue for Kentucky. It was phenomenal. Great game, great experience, great venue, uh, big-time college football at its best. And, yes, I did break 90. The last day at Bay Hill, I shot a 47 on the front and came back with a 42 on the back, parred five holes. Who's better than me right now, huh? And that's the, for those who don't know, that's the Arnold Palmer Invitational uh, at Bay Hill, one of the stops in the PGA Tour. Uh, Keith, obviously we're having you on because you're the master of the ECC. Um your thoughts, basically, I didn't think the ECC would be as good with Mikey Pisano leaving, but obviously uh, with East Lime and Waterford are in the top ten this week. Your thoughts on those two teams and the rest of the league? Well, first I'll start with the league itself. Uh, top to bottom, Joe, it's, I think it's pretty strong. I think it's young, but I think it's pretty strong. Obviously, mm-hmm. East Lime and Waterford lead the way, but you know, you've got some good young players and some good talented players in this league. You know, NFA's got one in Mason Jackson. Uh, obviously, Ledger is Kenny Turner, New London, Craig Parker in search of his uh, 500th win this year. Uh, you know, the Pemberton kid over there. They're very young, but they're loaded. They're loaded for success, you know, and maybe next year and a year after that. So the, the, the league's in really, really good shape. You know, and you talk about East Lyme and you talk about Waterford coming off of his state championship. You know, to me, Waterford hadn't really missed a beat. Obviously, Mikey Bissetto has graduated, but... They've got a lot of pieces to the puzzle they had last year. And a couple of the kids they got filling in have filled in and grown just nicely. Uh, you know, Ryan O'Connell up front with Liam Spellman. Uh, Kenny Hill, a transfer from Providence, is in there. A Waterford kid, 
uh, back in the mix there is Kenny Hill. You know, but J.J. Brennan right now, the key to this team scoring a lot of points, and he's off the ball right now. He's playing his natural position of shooting guard. So, you know, Waterford, good, Joe. Listen, maybe out of state championship team, I'm not so sure. We'll wait and see. Are they a top 10 in the team in the state? Absolutely. And you talk about East Lime, you know, what can you say about Devostrowski? Um, you know, averaging you know, close to 40 points a game. He's going for 40, I think, three or four different occasions earlier this year. And he is the closer in the state. He is the best basketball player down the stretch. Uh, I'll put him up against anybody. I mean, I've seen him go head-to-head with Connor Raines. But to me, Devastrowski is one of the best players in the state. Luke Leonard, uh, his running mate at point guard. Jacob Peters up front, TJ Horner. So both those teams very strong. East Lyon, uh, Joe, it is legit. Obviously, we uh, we're two weeks away from that big matchup. I believe it'll be at East Lime or at Waterford. I can't remember off the top of my head uh, on the 18th the first of January. First matchup is at East Lime. Yes. It is at East Lime. I'm sure it'll be a sellout. Um, with your these teams scheduling out of conference, you got like I said, East Lime Notre Dame the season opener. Uh, you were there, um, and on Saturday, Waterford hosts Trumbull, another top ten team. What is it safe for the league to try to schedule these out of league games and to make them better and maybe make them more tournament ready? and maybe be at the Mohegan Sun in March uh, like Waterford was last year? Yeah, I think it's important. You know, I mean, again, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, you know, we always talk about the big fish in the small pond, and, you know, some of the teams on the other end of the state are, are pretty strong. But, you know, get out there and see what you got. I mean, like you said, Waterford playing Trumbull, that's a huge test for them. The Trumbull's a double-L school. Um, it's a tremendous, tremendous early season test to see where you're at, not only as a team, but across the state as well. Listen, Joe, I was there the week one. East Lime should have beat Notre Dame at West Haven. It was a it was a tough-fought yeah. game, and, you know, they just couldn't find a way to close it out. They've learned. They've gone on the road. They beat New Britain this year. So, you know, East Lime is one of those teams that battle-tested. And, again, when you're playing against your own league competition, it's tough to fall asleep. It's tough to get into a rut or turn a little bit of his, you know, just to get into the same old thing, you know, oh, geez, we're playing Ledger again. Oh, geez, we're playing, you know, Stoington tonight, you know, not to take any away from those two teams. But, you know, if you're thinking about making a run for a state championship, you've got to measure yourself versus the rest of the competition. And I think the league in general has done a very good job of that. You look at Dave Cornish's schedule with Ledger this year, extremely strong. You know, NFA, you know, they play cross, they play East Catholic. They got a tough schedule as well. So, you know, it's not just Waterford and East Lime. All of these teams right now are making a commitment to get across the state. Yeah, I have personally I voted Waterford 7th and East Lime 8th this week. Keith, um, based on what you just said with the scheduling these non-conference teams, there are those probably looking at the school thought that there should be no teams other than Division One and maybe two in the top ten. Obviously, we both disagree, as do other voters. Why do you think these teams belong in the top ten again based on who they've played, who they have, and what they've done in the past? Yeah, I mean, just because a school is not Division One or Division Two, it doesn't make them worthy of being a top-10 school in the state. And again, I think when you hit the point, Joe, scheduling has a lot to do with it. But these teams, you know, when you've got a group of kids, you know, like Waterford, you know, Andor and East Lime, a lot of these kids have, have grown up together. Um, you know, these kids are four years in a system together, these small-town teams. Uh, you know, look at Butler. In the national championship a few years back, you know, when uh, Brad Stevens was there. I mean, right. do they belong in with Duke? Do they belong in with Kentucky? I think so. And I think the same argument here with some of the smaller teams. Now, obviously, 
you know, when you're going way down to Division Five, that's it's an argument. But you know, when you're talking about you know a top five player in the state in Devastrowski, when you're talking about a team last year with Waterford and a, and a top five player in the state and Mikey Bissetto, I think these teams belong in the top ten and they belong in the discussion. You know, in some of the better teams in the state. The sports doctor Keith O'Brien joining us here on Courtside with Joe Morelli. Uh, Mike DeMauro, as we mentioned earlier, reported something that I've been bandied about for quite a while, and it's official now that the uh, ECC tournament final will be, I guess, February 26th, if I'm not mistaken, at the Mohican Sun Arena. Uh, Keith, your thoughts about having it there rather than the high school gym? I know there's people who think it should be in the gym. Me, personally, I think it's a chance to to like show off your, school, your, your best two teams in, in a bigger arena. Your thoughts? Joe, I have mixed emotions. Okay. I am... I am kind of torn with this a little bit because, you know, I, I view the Mohegan Sun as the holy grail for high school basketball. This is the pinnacle. This is where we want to go. This is where we want to showcase the state. It's one of the very few things I think the CISC does right when they put that basketball tournament, you know, the, the girls and boys finals at the Mohegan Sun. It's a tremendous weekend. You know, with that said, right now, basketball is red hot in southeastern Connecticut. Now, I like the games at Waterford High School. I like the games at the X. Uh, you're talking 2,000 people on the court cheering on the school's student section. I think it's a tremendous atmosphere. The thing I worry about with these games being played at the Mohegan Sun, is it is it a money grab? Are we trying to take advantage of maybe the popularity and the height of the, of the, of the league right now? And and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proceed with caution when I say that because – the Mohegan Sun is top-notch. Whatever happens at the Mohegan Sun, Joe, I love. Concerts, music, you name it. I right. like it all. Me too. But I just don't know if we're doing this for the kids. I think if you ask the kids, Joe, they'll tell you we'll play this game in the backyard. We don't care. You know, as long as we get a chance to play for a championship. You know, how many times have we seen, you know, high school baseball teams play at Dodd or you know, play at Dunkin' Donuts Field or something like that? And when you take a 1,000 people and put them in the stands there, there's no atmosphere. There's no juice. There's no electricity. Now, with that said, last year in the ECC final, you had 2,000 in the gym. You turned 1,000 people away. And you had another 5,000 streaming the game on the day.com. So are the numbers there to justify a bigger venue? Yes. Um, is the interest there? Yes. But there's a lot of factors that go into it. I just don't want to see the, you know, the ambiance and the atmosphere of that game ruined by playing in a big arena. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you to some extent, and I'm, I'm going to go on a smaller scale with the Shoreline Final. A number of years ago, they would have it in the small gym, and they had to turn people away, not as many as that, but because the Shoreline schools can't handle it. So they put it in New Haven, and they didn't draw as many people, and not as many people went. Then they went back to the Morgan School, the new Morgan School, and they were turning people away again, so they went back to New Haven. So... I guess when you say you're turning away a thousand people and not to take away business from game day CT sports with the five thousand, I'm sure people listen anyway. I, I wonder maybe if that's a good thing. But yeah, is is money part of this? I think uh, money's the American way, right? Well, if it's about the kids, then I'm all for it. But if it's about you know maybe a financial decision, and listen, nobody cares about the league in the ECC. Nobody cares more about the league itself, you know, than A or Jimmy Bunicor, who's you know the AD over at Ledger who is really into it, yes. and be Mike DeMauro. You know, and Tom Cantone is, he's another one of those guys, too, with the Mohegan Sun, who is, you know, just fantastic. He's, uh, you know, he's great for the area. So 
you know, I'm I'm just going to proceed with caution here a little bit. Yeah, I I having been there, I mean, I I've been out. I was there at that game last year. Uh, I'm 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 kind of on your boat there, Keith. Uh, I think that was a tremendous atmosphere. Uh, and and you're not going to duplicate that at Mohegan Sun. I know even like Mikey Buschetto came out on Twitter last night and said, eh, you know what? I'd rather play at the X, you know, and, and I, I, I kind of felt him there. But um, but at the same time, I, I love the idea of the ECC taking advantage of you know, what is high interest in their their sport. I mean, the, like you said, they're turning people away and you have an all, you know, uh, one of the state's best players in Devis Strauss. Hopefully, hopefully they get there. Um, right. You know, and that's the other thing. I mean, are these teams? I mean, maybe you know, all it takes is just you know, maybe a few bl- unlucky bounces, and next thing you know, the, the showcase game isn't going to happen there. Well, I think the other part of it too is at ten thirty in the morning on that Sunday of the state finals, Waterford brought a ton of people. And again, yeah. it's not a very long ride for them, but and then that was a big. If you remember, Keith, there was a big to do about playing it. Who's playing the early morning game? Why you got Sunday service? Right. But there were people right. who went. And I think they're trying to build on that, that people from the area will go to the game. And I don't think the Mohegan would do it if it didn't benefit them. And obviously their their side of this is not only to, to bring different people into their venue and check out what they have. Obviously that's all part of it. And I don't know if it'll happen on a Tuesday night versus a Friday, well, but uh, I, I think uh, that's, part of, that's part of it as well for the Mohegan side of things, I, I would think. Joe, they are, they're going to do it the right way down there because right. they're having all of the student-athletes from the ECC that night being recognized. That's cool. You know, on oh, the I didn't realize that. Okay. Achievements and families. I mean, they're going to do it right. This is going to be a class act operation. And it always is with the Mohegan Sun. Right. And it always is with the ECC. So as far as their parents seeing kids on the floor in a big stage, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Right. I am all for it. I'm just a little bit cautious if we... You know, if we start using the Mohegan Sun for a regular season game, yeah. and I just don't want to see the end product watered down. Right. I'm, I was... like, I'm like the two of you guys. I love that end product that weekend in March. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic weekend. Yeah, you know what? I, that, I agree with you on that. You don't want to, like, lose that. Now it's not so special anymore, you know what I mean? You know, imagine if, hey, you Sean, know. You've been to football, Sean, you've been to football games at Rensselaer Field for state championship games with five, 6,000 people in there, and the place is empty. Yeah. Empty. Yeah, although I don't think the kids care so much about that. But I, I know what you mean. Like it loses the atmosphere. You definitely lose the atmosphere. Um, you know, and eh, there's something to be said for both sides. And, and uh, I can see, I mean, I love Planet Rensselaer. I love the whole, the, you know, all the venue, especially you know, being able to work in a press box. But, you sure, know, the, yeah. and the kids, I would always hear, they would walk up and, and they would see the big bright lights on. But then again, that was a state championship. And the CIC will tell you that they lost $40,000 yeah. or so from that or didn't make as much as they should have. And that's why we're right. at all these different venues versus having at one place, whereas other teams, schools, excuse me, other states in New England all play at what? Big state, yeah. Yeah, PNC Gillette. Park, Gillette, and so on and so forth. Um, Keith, I'm putting you on the spot. Do we have a state champion from the ECC this year, yes or no? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We, we absolutely do, 100%. You're not going to say who, though, I will, are you? I will tell you, I will, <laughs> I will roll the dice with three different teams this okay, year. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I, I'd like to give you a dark horse, um, and I will at the end, but I'm okay. going to roll the dice with the New London girls. I'm going to roll the dice with the Waterford Lancers, and I'm going to roll the dice with the East Lime Vikings. And my dark horse for a state championship, if they can figure things out a little bit, with St. Bernard's. How about the Saints in Division 5? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a different, interesting place for them. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure yet. I won't know until March, until the brackets come up. But I'm very interested to see what happens in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure you'll be there with CT Game Day, Game Day CT Sports, correct, on the 18th? Yeah, we'll be there, and uh, I can tell you what, we're excited. We, we have, you know, our schedule gets pretty busy these next few weeks. we got a lot of things going on. You're going to be able to see the you know, New London girls. You're going to see Waterford East Lime. You're going to see Ledger. You're going to see NFA. You're going to see New London, possibly see Stonington. So, you know, all these teams in the ECC get a chance to get showcased a little bit, and we had a tremendous week one and a tremendous game one with East Lyme and Notre Dame and West Haven, and that was that was a great game. A great atmosphere, and I know myself and you guys included, Joe. This is the kind of stuff that fuels you this time of year. You can't wait to get to some of these games. Yeah, I've always been big on non-conference games, and I'm, I mean, I wish I could go to all of them. Unfortunately, the schedule doesn't always allow. But listen, uh, Keith, thank you for joining us on the courtside with Joe Morelli. Happy New Year, and we'll be seeing you down the road. Thank you. All right, guys, hit him straight, and we'll see you on the <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> That's not possible, but thank you. All right, thanks, Keith. Oh, I love Keith O'Brien, man. That was great. Uh, <laughs> anytime we talk to him, it's great. You know, he's had us on a lot of his shows. Now it's time to pay the favor. And lots, lots of nice insight there uh, from the sports doctor. I was more interested about the golf, to be honest with you. No, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> of course I, I, I would like to have played that golf course that I haven't. But, um, no, I think he does a great job. <clears throat> and I think their website and their publication do a tremendous job. Now, I think the ECC, again, is a little bit underrated. I underrated them. So maybe they're better than I thought. But we'll see. I think we're going to get a big idea with the Word for Trumbull game on. I'm very curious how that goes. That should be fun. Yeah, it should fantastic. be fun. And again, they, I would love to see the buildup, although I probably won't be there. Maybe you will um, for East Lime and Waterford on the 18th because I think I'll have an important SEC game in my area to cover. But um, Well, we can run out there, sure. That's what but, we're here for. Yeah, but uh, I, I think, again, when we reconvene next week, I think we'll start be coming to you guys on a regular basis right after the poll release, probably on Tuesdays. And you should get a – again, I think you're going to see a lot of teams still remain in the top ten. The question is is uh, how they are able to handle things as the season goes on. Do they lose a game? Do they lose, you know, a couple games in before the end of the season? But I think – I honestly believe this. I think the top three are the top three. I think Basic and Notre Dame are right behind them and Trumbull right. and Waterford. So I think we have a decent top ten. Um, feel free to uh, – you know, send your thoughts to Game Time CT. We may even read a couple of them on here. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who we'll you, do that. Who you, who you think that or any questions to the mailbag uh, of any kind? We'll uh, set up a Morelli mailbag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if we, 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 I would love to take some feedback from from the from the, pe- from the, from the public um, <laughs> if they're worthwhile and not, you know, right. So, all right. So I guess uh, we'll we'll call that a wrap for for today. Uh, for Joe Morelli, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. Thanks for listening to Courtside with Joe Burley. We'll see you next week very shortly.